Son of a hat, yeah. What are you gonna do? What's up, everybody? Welcome to a brand new episode of Granny's Peach Tea. Uh, we're at episode 74 at this point. Wow, so we've been doing this a long time. I think so. Some, some would say that. <laughs> we, we are almost at 100. Like, not not tomorrow, but like, we are closer to 100 than we are to zero. Yes, yes, we're, we're, we're getting there. So hopefully, hopefully we're like a fine wine and get better with these. What I hear, uh, and if Farachi, if you're listening, you can verify this. I hear that Farachi throws a big ball in person for every show that reaches 100 episodes. I think that's a that's what I've heard too. I mean, it's a good thing we have heard the same things. Maybe it was, was that an Avengers meeting or something like that. I'm not really sure. I hope I hope so. <laughs> I haven't seen Hawkeye in a dog's age. <laughs> Uh, but thanks for joining us, though, on his Summer Friday edition. Uh, we're bouncing around because our shows keep bouncing around. So, and, you know, we got personal schedules to work with. So, yeah. as it is. But thanks for joining us, though. It's uh, feeling feeling good. we got a lot of cool stuff to talk about. But thanks for joining us if you're on the Facebook live stream, if you're joining us on YouTube, if you're joining us on Twitter, or wherever you found your podcast. Super appreciate as always. And with me, as always is Jason. Jason, what's up, man? What's going on? Good to be here. Ready to, excited to smash this conversation out. <laughs> yeah. Talk about a little Hulk, a little show. Talk about two totally different things in the MCU. No, like, because yeah. I, I watched, I watched um, The Incredible Hulk Wednesday, and then I watched She-Hulk last night. You guys know, because I texted you and Rick and mm-hmm. told you how attracted I was to She-Hulk <laughs> as the green She-Hulk. I don't know what's going on with me, man. Harley Quinn, She-Hulk. I don't know. But anyway. I'm close to uh, both, man. <laughs> you know, no judgment. But uh, no, no. But like, as I was watching She-Hulk, I was like, I'm kind of glad I just did this Hulk rewatch. But it's also weird because Hulk is so tonally different. You know, and we'll discuss it. But it was just, and it's not a dig at all for at either of these. It's just so interesting to see the arc of this character in the MCU going from his first appearance uh, with his sort of bushy tailed hair looking like Ed Norton uh, as Bruce Banner to like, which is very serious to this more way more comedic role in the MCU. Like smart Hulk's almost like a a jester in the MCU. Yeah. And I know some people have gotten like kind of annoyed with that. And I I don't know. I mean, I I guess that's what we'll save that for our, our discussion because yeah, the, the tone, the tone shift is pretty dramatic. It is, yeah, and I think it is important. I think we should discuss it once we've talked about, you know, talked through both of them because I think this this character of the Hulk, I think, is it's he's got one of the most interesting arcs in the MCU, mostly because they had to find things to do with him in a supportive role. Because as we know, they they lost the rights to make Hulk movies after this, right? Or, or it's distribu- distribution so rights? Or... It's, it's, it's funny, because actually Angie asked me about this this morning again. Because um, <laughs> it's true, it, it is very convoluted. Um, but the basic version is Universal did distribute the, the Incredible Hulk. They didn't make it, but they distributed it. They owned the distribution rights to the Hulk. So they can... Marvel can do whatever they want with him in terms of weaving him in and out of the movies, but they just can't make a movie called The Hulk on their own. But Universal can't make a Hulk movie either on their own either. So So it's like they can, yeah. 
it literally just puts the property in limbo, the character in limbo. And I and I yeah. think that's that's something I want to talk about when we get into these the, these two shows is like I because watching these I, and I like the Hulk in the MCU. This is not me, you know, disrespecting him, but mm-hmm. I think had Marvel had the rights, we would have gotten a much richer version of the Hulk than we do eventually get. I think the the downside of the MCU is the Hulk kind of gets the short shrift, having nothing to do with anything except for this weird fucking limbo he was put in. Yeah. And I think they would love to do it. And it's also, whatever, I'll, I'm going to cut, yeah. I'm going to bite my own tongue because I'm going to hold that for later. You're right. I, I, I think him and Superman have similar issues, issues mm. with making a, a solid movie about them. And I wanted to wait for a later on to, to talk about that. And I do want to talk about that because I have the idea for the perfect Hulk movie that I'm going to lay on you uh, okay. that I think would go again because i know what you're going to say i know this the superman deal i make that argument myself but i think there's a way around it with the hulk but we'll get there when we get there all right um yeah let's jump into it let's uh kick things off with we'll jump to the dc side of things with harley quinn season three episode six that dropped yesterday on hbo max oh oh, okay bringing it bringing the dc love there that's right Um, (laughs) so jason what do we got in this wacky ongoing series that we don't really like super speculate and and do yeah. our usual thing for yeah i like i don't i don't want to know what's coming next that's the fun hey, did, like if you told me last week that that the episode we'd be watching this week was a joker centric episode where he's having nightmares about like one of the women on the pta who's rich and and a bitch mm-hmm. uh admittedly so and racist uh but and so he decides that in order to give her her comeuppance and get and legitimately get his stepchildren into a bilingual program, he's going to run for mayor on a mayoral campaign. And then, uh, and and his it's hysterical because his policies are pretty awesome. Like he's running on education reform and healthcare for all. Like he's he's. They ask him, "Are you like a socialist?" He goes, "I'm not like a socialist. I am a socialist." <laughs> If there was a list of things before watching this episode, you're like, hey, make a list of crazy things that you never thought the Joker would do on screen. Right. Uh, I mean, maybe this would probably be some of them where he's a stay-at-home dad. I never, never would have guessed it. Like, Who's and- making a rose con pollo for like, <laughs> another it's, home team? <laughs> it's amazing like because he's still the Joker. Yeah. He's just not evil anymore he like he he still does joker things like you know he's but he's not he doesn't do the crime he doesn't do the evil um and and i i'm here for it like i just think giving him this mundane life where and that's the thing too it's not this isn't a trick this isn't a a scheme like he's legitimately a a reformed good stepdad and husband (laughs) yes yeah it's not some wacky off the wall thing where he's right. like, I'm gonna get Batman and Gotham no. like this. No, and that's what I love about it. Like he's just a devoted stepdad. Like that that scene at the end, um, because so like I, I can breeze through and we can talk about what we liked about it. But so the the B plot is Gordon and him Two Face helping him run for mayor. Uh, Two Face winds up killing the guy who was in the coma with the, the stick coming out of him. <laughs> He's got a great line like, "What, what you didn't, you thought that 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 rod through his chest killed him for a six year old? He had a taut body." <laughs> <laughs> and it happens um, on TV. It does. It happens while they're debating. Where Gordon goes, and if I'm lying, let God strike my opponent dead. <laughs> he dies. <laughs> 
Um, but yeah, so it, uh, the the Joker puts his bid in and is awesome, and everyone is following him. Uh, even Batgirl, they call him Joe Bros or Sane Clown Posse. Sane Clown Posse, <laughs> yeah, legitimately had me like tearing, crying. It was so good. Um, and then uh, the Joker is obviously going to win the mayor campaign, so Two Face kidnaps his son and puts him uh, in this elaborate Joker type thing where he's like, I'm going to run him on this roller coaster with this uh, this bridge broken or whatever. Uh, and the, jo- the Joker shows up and like tries to rescue him, gets put in there. Uh, Gordon saves him. But um, at the end of that, his son is like, Dad, you saved me. And he's like, you, you called me Dad. Like, and he has this beautiful <laughs> moment with his stepson about being called Dad for the first time. And guys, it's the Joker. <laughs> Yeah, I think one of my favorite things, I don't know if you, you caught this, but he when they, in the beginning of the episode when they show it's like a sitcom and it's like Joker oh, and all the stairs. Stuff. The stairs thing was was priceless. He goes down the stairs kicking and dancing like Joaquin Phoenix's Joker, and it's it's priceless. I love that and I love the 1989 nod where yes. we get we get the trust scene where in you know and he's literally throwing money again, but he's not trying to kill them, he's just trying to become mayor. Yeah, they have the balloon that's specific balloon. one with the big nose and everything. Yep. And he has the top hat and everything. Yeah, it's uh, the, the nods on this show are. are, are the, the writers, the makers of this show, they they know what they're going for. They know what they got. They know how to handle these characters, and they know they know how to make it fun for for like for people like us. Like yeah. you know, if you if you don't know Batman '89, I'm sure their younger viewers don't. That you know, that's just a fun scene, but like it enriches it for us. So I I really dig what they do here. Yeah, me too. Um, um, oh, and then Harley and, and Poison Ivy roll back in five minutes, four minutes, the end of the episode, go, ah, well, it was nice. We were They were in on vacation. <laughs> like, uh, was it New Orleans or something? Yeah. Uh, and then they see the Joker's the mayor. <laughs> Poison Ivy's got the grand slide. She goes, what? It's been four days. <laughs> but the Joker legitimately becomes the mayor because Gordon has a nice moment where he saves the Joker and Benicio. Mm-hmm. And then he takes himself out of the race. The Joker says he's going to break down Gotham police and can't put him out of a job, but wins the mail campaign. So it's it's a great episode. I would usually bitch the fact that it's a Harley Quinn-less episode of Harley Quinn. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I, I've bitched about that in every other show that's tried that. Um, you know, like Boba Fett. I really gave him to Boba Fett. Not on the air, because yeah. I couldn't make those episodes, but you and I talked about it. But this worked for me, because I was... I just said last week, I want to see more of the Joker in his mundane life as a family man. And they, that's exactly what they gave me. Yeah, and I, I agree with you. It's it's pretty hard to pull that kind of stuff off. And this show does. I also think it's because with this show being so crazy and so all over the place, then you're just kind of like, you know something... I uh, I accept it, and you roll yeah. with it, and that's it. Sorry about that. Someone is yeah. trying to call here. I'm assuming that's the pop business is ready to go. Uh, all right, it's all right. It'll, it'll all be right. okay. Um, so yeah, and, and I, I think that's what that's why we roll with it, and they do it properly. It doesn't seem like right. you're missing the main characters so much, and you're like, what are we doing? Right, ex- exactly. And what I like about this in particular is this is giving us like surreal ridiculousness in the opposite way that they do it for other characters that we expect. Like, you know, Gordon's a fall, uh, Gordon's a spineless drunk. Right. And Batman sucks his thumb and he has mommy issues and all that. Right. But like, how do you, 
how do you like exacerbate the Joker's craziness? The Joker is chaos and insanity personified. Oh, you make him a normal person. Like <laughs> striking that like that chord of of yeah, no, no, you have to do this differently. I think that's that's the perfect touch. Cause if they t- they tried to make the Joker even crazier, like I don't think it would have had the effect that this portrayal of him does. No, and then you also gotta keep in mind that this is this story is told through like a Harley Quinn right. lens. So Right. This yeah, is very so. this is very likely who she wanted the Joker to be when they were together, but not really, because she's not that woman, you know, she's just no. as crazy as he is, but that's her fantasy. Yeah, that's a great point. I, I'm gonna tell you too, I didn't think of that part of it, but you're hundred percent right, is that that's kind of who and they've showed that in some movies and comics and stuff like that where they have she does view him like that, and that's I, I believe it was in uh, the Suicide Squad when she gets to no no in Suicide Squad, not the because dare I not confuse those two films because <laughs> I should be struck down then. Um is that yeah, when she has that fantasy, he's like has kids and stuff, yeah. and he's like no face paint and all of that when Jared Leto's playing him. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if the end of this episode, if the end of this show, like the series finale, yeah. the last shot is just Harley in a straitjacket in Arkham Asylum, and the whole thing has just been a paranoid delusion while she's in an episode. That would be great. Right? Because this because you're right. That would be priceless. Everything is from her perspective. Like, you know, Gordon is pathetic and weak, and Batman is, you know, a bully and, and you know, just, just you know, a baby kind of. And like, so it just makes sense. It makes sense that, and then the Joker, as we said. So I don't know. I think that'd be a cool ending. That really would be a cool ending, but I think I would almost accept any ending to oh, the yeah, show. Providing that Discovery, mm-hmm. Warner Brothers, Warner Brothers Discovery gives us a proper ending to this show because you know they're just randomly axing shit left and right. I know. I hope so. they don't ax this show. Like they're they're cleaning house in a way that doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, if it's successful, roll with it then. Right. You don't have to reinvent the wheel on everything. So all right, uh we got a quick comment here for Tim. Yo, what is Ooh. up, Tim? What's going on, dude? I know Tim is uh enjoying this uh at work at the moment. So <laughs> hopefully he's on break. <laughs> But uh, all right, let's get to uh, the another uh, show that dropped yesterday, which was She-Hulk: Attorney at Law. The first episode dropped on Disney Plus yesterday, um, and yeah, dude, we got this was a fun episode. I I mean, I, I, I think I saw some some review that was out there, and it's gotten really good reviews. And I know it got review bombed on IMDb because you got some whiny little man babies in their basement with Cheeto right. dust on them. Nothing against what, Cheetos. A, a woman is a hunk? Yeah. It's is, like, that, dude, is that the controversy? I, oh, I mean, you know it usually is. That's, that's yeah. kind of how they I mean, I mean, I'm assuming it's that. Is I haven't, they didn't put a person of color in the show yet. So usually that's what they're bitching about. But yeah. it's Well, this time it's that. She-Hulk's been around for a while, dude. So, like, kill it. It's, it's another show. That, another show for another, uh, you know. Yeah, another character that's been around. They didn't just invent this show no, or this and, character over the last year or so. so and stop. from what I from what I understand and from what I remember, like this kind of nails the tone of that comic. Like that comic was a was a was funny. It wasn't like it was a it was comedic. It was supposed to be like imagine if this woman became the Hulk and she didn't want it, just wanted to be a lawyer, yeah. but she was also a Hulk. Like and. Yeah, that was. It. I don't know why people would bitch about it. Like, it's a product that's been around for decades, and it kind of nails the the tone of the comic. What's the problem? 
Tim liked it too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I Tim also loves the Hulk, so you know, you, I'm sure it was, it was nice seeing Smart Hulk, as apparently his official name in the MCU is. Now, yeah. Not Professor Hulk. Um, but yeah, I, I just the quick thought overall is I really enjoyed the episode. I thought the thing that I saw too is that somebody was it was an offshoot review, but it, the the short version is oh. You know, for a comedic show, the first episode isn't funny. It's like, it doesn't need to be laugh out loud. No, I think this sh- the episode has funny moments. Yeah, I just I don't mean, think you need to kind of like be slapstick comedy. Right. I, I, what do they want? The, the fucking Marx Brothers? They want S.H.I.E.L.D. going out. Is that crazy? It's comic book I've ever been. Like, what, what do you want? This 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 had comedic beats. She's yes. funny. The, the, her interaction with the Hulk is, I think, very funny. Um yeah, I, what did they what did they want? Pies to the face? I don't know because then you got people crying and bitching about Thor: Love and Thunder being too funny. Now the She Hulk, right. All right? So it's just like, listen, it's true what, what Tim is saying here. People agree, are just yeah. randomly cherry picking shit. It's almost like the definition of hating. Yeah, it's when you're just hating on things because it's popular now, and that's it. But it's good to see overall most people are come to their senses and giving the props to the show so far. But for the main for the for the episode though, I thought it was fun. I thought the relationship. Between Jen Walters and Bruce was, I mean, that's the focus of this episode. Yeah. Main of it. But I thought they worked really well together. I thought they had great chemistry together. And the training montage, the training scenes that they have. And we get a Hulk versus She-Hulk, more or less a fight, not like an all-out role. But it's a a pretty legitimate fight that's there because they're both kind of frustrated with the situation. And the episode also answers a lot of MCU questions surrounding the Hulk that we've never gotten answers for. Yeah, like like how he became Smart Hulk. Like, yeah, which not just the hand wave, right? And to be honest, that's that is my biggest that's my biggest point of sadness. Uh, not getting Hulk movies is we did not get to see on screen how he goes from the Hulk to Smart Hulk. Because in the comic, that's a huge thing. And that's a game-changing yeah. thing in the MCU. So I agree. It was nice to at least see it addressed here. Yeah, and um, I guess we can we can hit some of the stuff here. And I thought it was interesting watching The Incredible Hulk, mm-hmm. which we'll talk about next, is that the... So the way... The, the short version is the... And this is... I was talking to Rick about it yesterday. It is a very fast origin, but it doesn't need to be drawn out. Is that... She's with Bruce. They're taking, a, you know, cousins going ahead and driving together. And a fucking Sakaar ship comes completely out of nowhere, and they drive off the road. And by the way, that's that's never addressed, that Sakaar ship. Oh, no, like, no, it like, is briefly. Well, it, it no, one, no. one line, yeah. It's addressed in the sense that she said, what was that? And he yeah. went, oh, it's a Sakarian ship. Things happen when you're the Hulk. That's it. <laughs> but he's, and he says, oh, yeah, I'll address it later. And I'm just yeah. like, wait a second. I hope you do. Yeah. I really hope this gets Because uh, how the hell is that Sakarian ship? Sakar, that's that Jeff Goldblum, right? That, that's, yes. That's light years, hundreds of thousands of light years away. Yeah, so they're obviously looking for Bruce, is, is or now the Hulk. Yeah, that's at that interesting. Point. Trying to get him back. Yeah, so I'm, I'm curious, to, very curious to see how the hell that gets followed up with. Um, if it's even addressed on this show at any point over the last uh, eight episodes or not, but. That was a pretty big thing you set up right there. Huge, yeah. I, I, I look. 
if it wasn't the MCU, I'd be like, you know, it's not a smart move to not mention it again. Just leave it there. And I'd be talking about how you shouldn't, you know, you shouldn't address, put that in there and then not follow up. But the fact is, I'm going to save those comments till the end of the, sh- the series because I have faith that the MCU will make it clear why that's a car ship was there. It's got to have some significance because it could have been anything that ran them off the road. If, But specifically choosing something that we've seen before mm-hmm. associated with the Hulk. It, it, it has to shoot like it could have just been, you know, a, a, a truck yeah. guy drunk driving. It didn't have to be as a car and ship. So that's what I'm saying. It has to have some significance, but I will be patient and trust that the MCU will make it clear. Yeah. And Tim is dropping in what seems to be the popular theory online, at least, is that uh, Hulk's kid is in there and it's a message from him. So, oh, yeah. That's pretty much been the prevailing theory. Online, so we'll see if that gets followed up with. I know there were other rumors surrounding the show that this is supposed to set up a World War Hulk at some point. Wow, which that would be interesting because I thought we already got that. Oh no, we got Planet. Yeah, Planet Hulk. Hulk. We didn't get World War Hulk. Yeah, you're right. You're right. And obviously they'll change that around because for those who didn't read World War Hulk, which is actually one of the Hulks, the I do have a couple of Hulk graphic novels, Mm -hmm. and Planet and World War are, are two of them, and that one it gets wild where. He like comes back to Earth furious and has uh, Reed Richards and Tony and, and Doctor Strange fight in Madison Square Garden because in that version they sent him off. Right. They right. banished him, so he was obviously pissed and wanted his revenge. Which so, rightfully so. Yeah, and in the MCU they're in a completely different place. So yeah, I'm well, kind of curious on how that gets that, that would be set up. It's funny because even now in the comics, they still treat Hulk some like they did in the 60s. Like, oh, sure, he's helped us a bunch of times, but he's a brute and a monster. It's like, I don't know, isn't it? Like, that's kind of why I like the MCU's version, like what they do with him. Although, you know, we'll get into the problems because, as I said, distributing. But, like, he's part of the team. Yeah. Like, they're not trying to get rid of him. He's he's an, an, a, a genuine Avenger. Uh, one more comment here. <laughs> Tim, Hulk on my pants. Okay. That's a long serve. It's a hilarious reference that Tim has there from a friend of ours. <laughs> that was his review of a movie one time. It was great. Um, but yeah, so the way she gets her, she becomes a Hulk, is that they get in a car accident. Bruce bleeds on her yeah. and gets in her system, and she instantly transforms and kind of, you know, and takes off like Hulk. Because out. wild, yeah. Yeah. So. The thing is, too, is that some might look at him and be like, oh, well, how the hell? She just, he just bled on her and something like that. But looking at what we saw in The Incredible Hulk, mm-hmm. this tracks completely in the MCU. Yep, because that's, that's what he was afraid of. He was afraid of in the bottling uh, you know, plant. Yeah, when he cuts Dist- himself. Uh, it's right in the beginning. The distribution center in Brazil, he cuts himself, and it, it bleeds. And he and stupid on Bruce Banner, but he like sees the one piece of blood and doesn't look anywhere else and cleans yeah. it up, and we don't see the blood in the bottle that Stan Lee's going to drink and somehow not become a Hulk. <laughs> well, well, but remember though, in this, but in the show, yeah, they mention, he, they, they do cover their asses pretty yeah, well on a lot they of do. this. Cause I questioned it immediately too. That was my knee jerk reaction. I thought of Stan Lee immediately. And I'm like, Oh, wait a second. They're, they're going to cover this. So nice job. So, yeah. I'm going to say this though, to anyone who's saying that that's a stupid way to make her the She-Hulk. Ed, do you remember how she becomes She-Hulk in the comics? If I remember correctly, there was a, it was a car accident. Doesn't she get an ease of blood transfusion yep. and it goes through Bruce? Right, exactly. So ultimately, so first off, A, the MCU's Bruce Banner, and I don't know why the comic Bruce Banner 
did this would not give his irradiated Hulk blood to his cousin. Like, mm-hmm. he, there's got to be other donors. That's the first thing, right? So if, if they did it originally, th- this would be nitpicked because that is kind of stupid. This is keeping in the same vein, and yes, I did mean that pun, of the uh, – <laughs> well you knew it. Well <laughs> um it's it, it's in the same spirit of how she gets it in the comic, which is ridiculous in itself, um, and, and still, but but makes a bit more sense. So people picking this apart, it's like, I don't know, read a comic then, because this again, this is aping the beats of the comic. And if yeah. you don't like this, that's fine. This is not for you. It doesn't have to be, but it doesn't mean it sucks. It just means it's not for you. Because again, what it's doing is what the comic book was doing. Except yeah. I think this is a bit smarter because. I, I don't see Bruce Banner giving her a blood transfusion and knowing what's going to happen. Yeah, and I don't remember in the comics if there was like a specific reason why it had to be him. I don't know if it was because she had some rare blood type or something like that. I I don't recall, but I was absolutely yeah, exactly. I was absolutely fine with this version of it, and it amplified it more when I rewatched the Incredible Hulk. And I'm like, okay, so they've they've done their homework with it. Yeah. So we also get to see. What you know, what he had mentioned before during the Hulk's time during the blip, he has this like house in Mexico and it's built very large for him. And it was built by Tony and it was yeah. one of Tony's places. And there was a really couple of sad moments with that because I was gonna say, when he talks about Tony as his friend, yeah. that's heartbreaking because, like, again, Mark Ruffalo, even though he's only voice acting here for the most part, I mean, he's in, he's physically in this episode for the first five minutes, yeah. and then it's all CGI smart Hulk and he's voice acting. Mm-hmm. But um, but but they also got the Hulk to look so much like him, and it looks so good that... Yeah. Uh, but his acting when he talks about Tony as his friend, like, yeah, it hit me, because you know, none of the others... Well, Steve is gone, right? Steve's yeah. not here. Steve probably would Steve's a weepy little, you know, crybaby, which nothing wrong with that. I'm a weepy little crybaby. But, uh, you know, he would have been doing it. But, like, Thor isn't, like, processing grief and everything. But so it's just to have this moment in this world where, yeah, this guy is dead. And, and there, are leg- there are friendship legacies that are still sort of people still looking back. I don't know. It was a really nice moment, I thought. Yeah, so the, Jen's walking around in his house. She had He has, like, a, a part of an Iron Man mask that's there. So that was kind of cool. And then, yeah, he mentions that it was Tony's place and that he was he always joked around saying, oh, yeah, I'll swing by and come get it back someday. And then you can kind of see him, like, looking into the air, kind of thinking, like... Yeah, it's like, he can't. yeah, he can't now. So, yeah, I thought that was there. But a, a nice way, like you said, to address processing grief because the way Thor is doing it is, you know, he's kind of just trying his best and acting out and getting right. tattoos on his back, apparently, right. where people <laughs> weren't tied uh, in the MCU, so... Um, yeah, and then he all, we also get an explanation of the question was, and Shang-Chi was, number one, how the hell was he in banner form again? And he has a device that he built to keep himself in banner form. Right. His arm is still in the sling, but when he's testing Jen's blood, he ends up using it to go ahead and heal his arm. So now we know why he's fully functional Hulk, yeah. you know, smart yeah. Hulk again. So I, I, I really love the, the details that were given in this episode. Yeah, that's well. That that's what I love about the MCU is their attention to detail. Like, you know, and then yeah, I, I get like criticisms that have been leveled at certain MCU. It's like, well, at this point, you have to sort of have watched, you know, most of these films to be able to appreciate what's going on now, and that's a fair critique. But if you have watched those films, and you get to actually see 
the care that they treat that the MCU treats the nuances of this world. I, that's I that's kind of what I love about the MCU. Like, and this that this was like on complete display here. Like, they don't miss a beat. They don't they don't drop a ball. They always remember. Okay, well, yeah, we did this, so we have to account for it somehow. And I I really appreciate that. Yeah. Um. So there's pretty much Bruce is going through a lot of. You know, control. It's about controlling the rage and stuff like that. Because he, you got to think about it from his perspective. He dealt with it for 15 years plus or so. Yeah, going and trying to because he now he's concerned because he knows she's gonna. He thinks she's gonna go through the same shit. But apparently, you know, she's able to harness it in a bit more quickly. And maybe it's because she, you know, the blood sample that she got was, you know, he was already a smart Hulk at that point and everything. Yeah. And also, they do touch on. When Jen mentions about as a woman controlling her rage and you know having to deal like with fear, that, yeah. I thought that was a really smart way to do that. When people like mansplaining her, you know, her, her own her profession field of expertise, to yeah, to yeah. her, or so, cat called on the street and stuff like that. And I'm like, I was thinking, like, yeah, that would frustrate the shit out of me. <laughs> yeah, it's like that sucks, but I appreciate that they're using it in a, in a way to explain yeah. how she's able to do this. And I, I it was a lot of fun things when during the training montage, especially when they're throwing a boulder and Bruce goes ahead and throws one through the fucking atmosphere and it burns up. <laughs> and he's just like, yeah, you know, I'm just, just going to show you how it's done. I'm just like, yeah. yes, thank you. Show me, show me. Yes. Okay. They, they, um, yeah. They, their interactions are great. And that actress they got was perfect. Like I really, I think like she looks great in and out of Hulk form, mm-hmm. just like, like, her presence wise. I, I love the fact that she's like, I don't, I don't like, cause he's pushing. No, no, you, you gotta be a superhero. With great power comes great responsibility. He's not saying it, but that's the implication. Yeah. And she's like, nah, bro, man, I, I'm a lawyer. I passed the bar. I set a life up. I'm going to go lawyer. Mm-hmm. And I, I love that take on it. Like, and, and, cause he's like, no, no, but if this happens, no, no, I'm a lawyer. And I just really, in their interaction, that's what causes the fight because she wants yeah. to leave and he doesn't want her to leave. And they're both right and they're both wrong, which I, they both they acknowledge. And I think that's really cool, too. And uh, But, yeah, I really love the characterization. I love the actress they got for her. Yeah, no, uh, yeah. Um, she's she's. I actually have not seen her in anything else that she's done. But I did see her on uh, The Late Show with Stephen Colbert about a week or two ago she was on. I caught it, and that was the first time I had to hear her talk about it. And, uh, no, she seems pretty great with it. Great seeing Mark Ruffalo back again and them spending a boatload of money on this show. I yeah. mean, as much as people bitched about the CGI in the first trailer, looks fine to me in the show. Uh, CGI looks is- great. I think, like, sm- Smart Hulk, this is the best the Hulk has looked, of course, mm-hmm. because, I mean, look, they're not going to spare expenses on the two Hulk CGI. They can't. No. It, it falls apart. Um, but I also think She-Hulk looks great uh, yeah. when she hulks out. The CGI for her, like, I made the joke about me being attracted to her, but uh, but I think she looks realistic. I think is like that's kind of where that joke is. Like, I didn't watch her going that CGI. I watched her going, wow, that they really captured that well because she does still looks like the actress. Well, I think but, they do motion capture suits. Yeah, now, they, they yeah, yeah they do the mocap. Yeah, right. But but still, like you know, mocap with uh, with even just okay CGI is gonna, not going to look great. But right. this literally looked to me like. It, like it was like she was actually just in makeup or something. That's that's how real I thought she looked. And yeah. same with the Hulk. No, agreed. Um, so then, 
they, they go ahead and they bounce back to because in the beginning of the episode, she's thought she's wire talking and she's about to go into it and she's like, oh, wait a second. And she breaks the fourth wall and she's right. like, well, you're not going to really pay attention to this until you find out what this other girl's talking about with the Hulk stuff. So here's my origin story. Boom, we go to it, which is what we focused on as well. Yeah. And now it's like, okay, now that you've got that, let's get back to the lawyer show. And she's and it's pretty funny. And she's like, yeah, lawyer show, lawyer show. Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> and goes back to her case where she's it's someone who's on trial who apparently seems to be super powered and what they did or didn't do, you know, at uh, with their in a, in, a, in an episode that something of that happened, and then. Her nemesis, uh, you know, comes in. I was about to mispronounce her, her name again. Uh, Jamila Jamil? Yeah, Titanina. Titanina. Oh, oh, I didn't even, I didn't know her comic book name, actually. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's she hosts heart arch nemesis. Okay. So she comes busting in the courtroom, and then Jen's got to transform and save the day. Which I thought that was awesome, because she transforms, throws it like a, a table at her, puts her down, goes back into herself and you see like her the, the seams are ripped and she's like all right i'd like to give my closing statement now and it's like yeah. because that's it right that's the thesis okay you're gonna force this oh, she hulk shit upon me i'll do it but i'm a lawyer first and and, and i love that the bringing back is through that action like because you know any other revenger would have mopped the floor with them would have they would have mm -hmm. been big fight no i'm taking you down i got it i got a case to try yeah lawyer first she hulk right. you know even though she didn't transform the whole time since she left Bruce, and right. <laughs> now she does it because she has no choice in in, in the moment there. Um, and the post-credit scene that we get is hilarious because when they do get into the car accident, she's tell, talking to Bruce about theorizing about is Cap, did Cap die a virgin? And it was like, well, you know, this is what I saw on a history channel. And I thought that was interesting because in the MC excuse me, the MCU's version of the History Channel probably has some really wild shit. Like what we saw in Hawkeye. Yeah. Like their version of what happened versus what we know as I, the viewer. I would love to, and look, uh, eventually this has to happen, right? I mean, maybe not, but I would love to see a Marvel one-off, which is just History Channel specials about the public's view on those movies and what happened. Cause you're right. Like you've got people from Hawkeye, like scrolling Thanos was right. Yeah. Uh, and then you've got, of course, on the other side, the, the, the history channel sure is doing this whole thing about, you know, the seven days of Avengers. Let's give thanks for all they've done. And <laughs> I just, I'd I would love to personally see one of those things. Uh, it's almost like something out of the boys, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and you know, they're, they go back to, there's a scene that we kind of glossed, oh, well, I glossed over a little bit when Bruce is telling her the advantages and disadvantages of being Hulk. And one of them is apparently we found out too that the Hulk can fucking drink a ton and probably has. Yes. And doesn't get, and really doesn't get drunk or doesn't have a hangover. Gets buzzed. Yeah. No, yeah, no, she, she does have a hangover the next day. She, she says, has she, it. Yeah. She has. He doesn't. Yeah. Uh, that was funny. And actually, since we've since we jumped back, uh, talking about the breaking the fourth wall. I, the second time she does it, I think is hysterical because she's talking to the Hulk. Oh, no, when she's like, I want to go home. And the Hulk goes, okay, I support you. And he looks away. She looks at the camera and goes, he doesn't really support me. And he does a quick look back and she looks back at him. And it's just this, it's the way that it works. Like they're moving all at once because like he's trying to catch her breaking the fourth wall. Yeah, exactly. I, I just thought that was a super fun scene. 
Yeah, no, it, it, it really was. Um, and I'm curious to see how that's going to play out throughout the series because obviously she does it like a bunch. Um, so, yeah, so then it, it's pretty much answered because she's going ahead and starts talking about, you know, it's such as she said when she's drunk about it that she's like, oh, you know, Cap's, his, his ass was so great and like, he deserved to like that's never great, experience yeah. sex. And he's like, all right, that's it. He lost his virginity on a USO tour. And she's so excited then. She's so happy. And come on, let's, let, I don't care what the History Channel says. Cap got down, all right? Look, I don't care that he just looked like a regular person before he was Captain America. Guess what, MCU? Regular people have sex too. He was having <laughs> sex before he was Captain America. There's no way he was so gung-ho to die in World War II if he hadn't lost his virginity already. Um, secondly, he had sex while he was on tour after in World War II in the USO show, 100%. He was in all those USO shows, the, chor the chorus girls. This is before he's the cap that we know, puritanical, watch your mouth cap. He's a soldier, a sailor in the 1940s. I wouldn't be surprised if he was smoking, drinking, doing three girls at once. Once in a, you know what I'm saying, and then, and then all right, he goes into the water. He, he comes out. He's a fish out of water. Maybe he's not having a lot as much sex as he did, but he definitely uh, slept with Peggy Carter even after he got out of the ice. I don't want to hear that bullshit. <laughs> Him and old lady Peggy Carter got down. Um, oh, yeah. So what I'm saying is, the man got around to, to. If there's anyone who's a virgin on the Avengers, it's I don't know who would be. Well, the I think I think we we can discuss where we're going to actually end up talking a little because in the incredible Hulk, there's also something that gets alluded to. Okay. All right. That's in so, here. So, I mean, yeah, well, we're going to oddly talk about more superhero sex and this isn't the boys episode, which is I know, but I have, I'm here for it. We, we should talk about Marvel superhero sex more often <laughs> before we move on. Cause I know you're about to hit the next thing. Mm -hmm. I do want to say that um, I do have one uh, small gripe. It's a small gripe and it's not even with okay. the show. It's, it's actually not with the show at all. Um, I just, as much as I like to see Smart Hulk, I'm, I kind of wish we didn't get there here because, a as as cool as it is to see him as Smart Hulk, we, again we had that that we we just had stuff filled in, and so that was kind of anticlimactic. But it also means Mark Ruffalo only ever has to be on set for five minutes, and then he can just pretty much do his mocap and do his lines later, and he's done. And that kind of makes me sad because I really part of what I enjoy about the Hulk is Bruce Banner. And we're going to talk more about a lot more about that in the next one, which is why I want to bring it up. And I love uh, Mark Ruffalo's Bruce Banner. And the fact that we're not going to really get to see Mark Ruffalo a lot because we don't have to, because we have smart Hulk. Um, and all that, and the fact that they've made him more of a comedic presence. And I really felt because I watched the incredible Hulk, I kind of felt sad about the fact that, he's become this comedic presence. Not that I don't enjoy the, his comedic presence. It's it's yeah. good. It's enjoyable. It's entertaining. But I, the Hulk is such a deep character in ways that people don't realize because you look and you go, no, it's just a monster smashing. But like the Hulk is literally an allegory for uh, PTSD and childhood trauma, right? He, he gets flat. When he cults out before smart hulk he's having flashbacks from the past like you know and, and canonic canonically in the comic he was abused as a child yeah. and so the fact that like, that's never really brought into the mcu and now this very deep complex character 
cannot be sort of explored because he's become this comedic jester. That kind of makes me sad. So not, not for the show, but more for where the character has come from and where it's going. Yeah, I well, I'm gonna I'm gonna save it for until we until we shift gears though. But yeah, well, um, I figured that I figured it was a good yeah. way to shift gears. No, it is. That's actually a perfect yeah. transition though. So, um, all right, so that pretty much wraps up that part for She-Hulk: Attorney at Law, episode one, and now our movie of the week, which we haven't had in a little bit, mm. um, is the Incredible Hulk. Because we figured it would be a perfect time to take a look back at another MCU film, a Phase One movie, which we haven't done a lot of Phase One at all. Um, no, what have we have we done any? We did four. four. So this is only the second one. Okay. Yeah, you even told me we're gonna do phase one MCU. Uh and you said, yeah, the first movies are gonna be is Thor and Hall and the Incredible yeah. Hulk. Probably wouldn't have guessed that, but I'm just saying we, we, we gotta do Iron Man one soon. <laughs> we gotta find a reason, man, because that's that's still one of the best movies ever in the MCU. But I agree. that's another story. I'm just saying I, I want yeah. I want us to do that. <laughs> so yeah, it, it's it's very interesting taking a look back at this, and I also figured it was a good time because the She-Hulk attorney at law is going to be referencing, seems like, a lot of things that happened in this film, and I feel like over time this movie has been more welcomed and referenced in a lot of the MCU, and I don't think a lot of fans kind of realize that's the case. I mean, She-Hulk is bringing Blonsky back. Yeah. You know, you're bringing back Abomination. Right. Uh, uh, we saw in the trailers that She-Hulk herself references, I have a conflict of interest. This dude tried to kill my cousin, yes. which is a reference to this film. Mm -hmm. um, in Daredevil and in the Netflix shows, they event, they, there's newspaper clippings on the wall of Harlem being smashed. And this is what they're talking oh, right. about is yes. this. So, That's right. Yeah, there, and, and Mark Ruffalo's, uh, during his run as the Hulk, he also mentions that last time he was in Harlem. Which he saw, or in New York, he's talking about this film. That's right. That's right. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. We people, the MCU kind of forgot about this film or ignored it. Like even for a little while. For a little while. Like even Thund we only recently got Agent Thunderbolt Ross, and that actor and that character, like that's someone who could have been throughout all of these movies. Yeah, and we see him in Civil War. He's in Avengers, uh, in Infinity War. Right, right like but, briefly, but, but that's it. He is. But Civil War is the first time we see him. Civil yeah. War is like phase three. Yes. And this is yeah. literally the second movie of the MCU ever in phase one. Like, I like, I don't know. It just, especially with all the Shield stuff and with all the the Hydra stuff, and like, it just the fact that they didn't utilize that character just for just for a sort of you know plot stuff, just to keep yeah. plot moving. Like, I, I just. But I think it shows to how just how much the MCU kind of shunned this. And it is very it's a weird MCU movie. It's not like the others in some senses. Like it doesn't have a post-credit scene. Um, it's the only MCU movie where we start off with one actor and then the next time we see him, it's a different actor. Like it I think my biggest problem with this in the past, and I'm gonna talk about my new opinion of it in a minute, uh, is that it just didn't feel like an MCU movie to me. And I and I, I had some issues with that, but I also don't think it's the movie's fault. It was the second movie. They were kind of not knowing what they were doing. And I, and I, but I also think like fans, I wasn't the only fan who felt that way in the MCU reacted by kind of shunning the movie. And I'm very happy to see it have a resurgence in the MCU. Cause there's a lot, I don't think it's a perfect movie, but there's a lot there to mine that I want to see bring be brought back. 
Agreed. And uh, you, you did touch on a great point that I wanted to bring up is that it looking back on it now, it is important to notice that this is this movie came out a few months after Iron Man. Yeah. When they still weren't really like we didn't know what the hell the MCU was yet. I mean, I don't it didn't even really have officially call the MCU at this point. No, I and I didn't I didn't actually I didn't even realize it was gonna be a thing thing until Avengers. Yeah, I well I think it was is that I think after shortly if I remember shortly after Iron Man was successful, and I think that's what they were banking on, then suddenly they were like, Okay, we're gonna do this thing at a shared universe and yeah. we're gonna make an Avengers movie. And I'm like, Oh, really? And this was a I mean, now you look back and you're like, How would you exist without it? Just an Avengers uh, movie? Well, you're not going to yeah. do a, an event 20 level threat level Avengers movie? <laughs> yeah, and it, it, it's just interesting to look back and see how it was building up. Because you see the Easter eggs thrown in this movie. You got, there's a S.H.I.E.L.D. reference. Their logo yes. is displayed mm -hmm. at one point. You the, know, uh, Bl Blonsky takes the super soldier serum. They, yeah, there's a mention of the super soldier serum. Um, and, you know, consistently, Tony Stark shows up in the last scene of the movie. Mm -hmm. Which... It's that's our post-credit scene, right? Yeah, that, that's, that that's our post-credit scene. Yeah, that would have been the post-credit scene. And I always thought, I always just think of it as, but... Yeah, it's really just the last scene in the movie, which technically is the post-credit, whatever you want to call it. Um, and there, I mean, that's, that's pretty much the references that go on in this. But I don't think it weighs the movie down. And I think that that's a good thing because that's what the knock is against Iron Man 2, is that then they were trying. They were the MCU still trying to figure out how to make a shared universe, and I actually like the way it's peppered in through this movie, and it's not like it takes over, at all. It just acknowledges right. that Shield exists. Agreed. You know, Captain America exists, and Tony Stark shows up at the end of the film. And I, I I'll never forget. I had read a review for this, right, and it was like, oh, it was kind of bashing it back then. And it was like, oh, and even the biggest slap in the face is that Tony Stark shows up in the superior Iron Man film. And now I look back on it, I'm like, no, ass. It's yeah. because it's a shared universe. They're not doing it to like, oh, we have to throw Tony in here to save the day because this movie sucks. Right. It um, was we're throwing Tony in here to let everyone know that they exist in the same world. And then yes, yeah, and that's the thing. At that time, it, like it wasn't shared universes. What weren't done a lot. No, it was mostly a TV is, thing. Yeah, and this was the, the, a movie studio really going swinging for the fences for it. Um, but I'm, I, I think also this movie is very much a reaction to the Ang Lee Hulk movie because that yes. movie tries to go very psychological, and which, which is I'm a sorry. smart idea. Yeah, I, I yeah. do like the concept. Yeah, but a lot of people complain that we wanted Hulk smash. And that's what you. This movie doesn't slow down at any point. It hits the ground running, and for me, at least, kept going straight throughout. It does. I'm going to say that I appreciate what I, the thing I appreciate about the start of this movie is it. It gives you his origin story in what a seven minute montage. Not. You know, I think it's even less. Maybe a five minute montage. Yeah, like, yeah. You get everything you need to know, and it's it, like it's also. The Angley Hulk movie was just a couple years behind this, right? It well, it wasn't mm -hmm. like they were separated by decades, and I think they knew like we don't need people just saw that movie. If people coming to see this saw that, they know the origin story of the Hulk. We'll give it briefly in the beginning so people no one gets lost if they hadn't seen it. 
but you don't but that's you don't really need it and i i kind of like that because it's time economy it gives us more time for the actual plot of the movie and the plot of the movie isn't him becoming the hulk because his as cool as i think the character is his origin isn't that interesting it's like you know i gamma radiation blast and now i'm the hulk it's like okay that you can literally give me that in a five minute montage you did they thank do. you yeah uh you know what i mean so we don't need an, another movie about that and I, I appreciate the mcu recognizing that and this is the movie i've also referenced a couple of times for how i want to see rebooted films go ahead and uh, you know rebooted characters get their origin because i thought in spider-man homecoming this is we were going to get something like this with the spider bite but they even yeah. went smaller and literally mentioned it in a sentence Line. and kept okay. it going. And this is how I wouldn't mind even seeing Fantastic Four. Yeah, uh, I don't need it. I don't need to. This is this is a perfect template for that. Uh, no, I'll tell you what. Fantastic Four, I wouldn't mind a 10-minute flashback to see, okay. like, the them in space. Because they, they got a cool origin, right? They're space. They're astronauts and thrown off course. But but I don't need it to be the whole movie. Give me. Don't, I don't want the plot revolving around it. Let mm -hmm. it be, like a 10 minute flashback. So we were all up to date, but that, you know, I don't, but, but I'm with you. It doesn't need to be huge. Just, just no. give us a snippet and then give us the movie. No. Um, and I, I also think that there's something that was interesting in this film and watching it. It's one of the reasons why I, I actually, I enjoy this film. And I think compared to other MCU films is where, I mean, we're talking about 20 something films at this point. Yeah. Where, yes, I will acknowledge when I call this a when I call it a bottom tier, a lower tier MCU film, I don't mean it as a knock. I just mean that the other movies that the MCU has given us are so damn good. Yeah, and sure. it's just in comparison. But sure. I genuinely enjoy this film, and I love the fact that in the origin, and in also in a bunch of like Easter eggs, that Ed Norton. So the re, part of the reason Ed Norton is not still Bruce Banner is because he has such creative control or he wants so creative so much creative control over his each film he does is that Kevin Feige and Marvel Studios had a falling out with him over this film because he wanted his idea for it was to blend the TV show concept of a man on the run with the with the comics and I think they were on board with that but he also wanted it to go in more of another direction because apparently this cut of the film is not what he wanted, and he wanted more exploration of the character, which I'm, I actually would be curious to see. I would be too, because that's yeah. actually my, my ding against this movie is we get a lot of in, we get a lot of good set pieces. It's a good looking movie, and I think first half of this movie is actually really really good. Mm -hmm. um, but we don't get enough character exploration of Banner or the Hulk. It's a lot of running. and Because what I like about the beginning is it's a lot of Banner and it's him trying not to get angry because he doesn't want to hurt people. And, you know, you have a little you have a little character stuff there. But after a certain point, after we get to New York, I think the character stuff is kind of scrapped for the most part for we need to amp up the Hulk stuff. And, and, I, yeah. and that's fine. But, you know, I just, I think that um, I would like to see the version Ed Norton wanted if it has more character exploration, because I think that is what this movie needs. And that's what always I've at least understood of what he wanted to do with this film. And I would have been on board with that too. If this movie had another 10, 15 minutes and it was character explanation, I yeah. would be absolutely fine with it. Uh, Cause it is a short, it is under two hours. Yeah. It's an um, hour 50. Yeah. And it's, 
And the pacing, I'm fine with the pacing again because I do think I always think of it as it is a, it is a response to what people didn't like about Angus right. Hall, and this movie is the exact opposite of that. Um, but I do love the fact that we get the man on the run stuff as someone who did watch the TV show as a kid. I thought and that the was cool. Incredible Hulk stuff. We get a little theme of we get a little bit of Lonely Man. Mm-hmm. Yep. When that, while he's it's while he's hitchhiking, right? Well, yeah, it's when he's alone and kind of like beat down and wakes up oh, in Guatemala. That's, it. that's yeah. It. He gets it there. We do have a scene with him trying to hitchhike, which exactly, is exactly the which show. they should have put it in there again. I would have peppered it throughout the movie. I would have too. Um, um, we we get uh, we get actually Bill Bixby cameo, posthumous cameo with mm-hmm. uh, the courtship of Eddie's father clip because uh, that's what he's watching on TV. Yeah. I thought that was cool. Like and um, we get Lou Ferrigno as a security guard and the whole. And the whole of you're the man and everything like that. Because you know yeah. that was an on on screen thing of saying you know, giving props and or you know, the new term is giving giving them their flowers. Yes. As, as yeah, they like, like to say they give given uh Luferigno because he was the man. He was the whole He so. was the whole he was and, and look he if you look back and you look at that show, it's not a great show in retrospect, right? Yeah. But he looks fantastic. Like and that's just a guy in green paint. He looks as that's the closest you were getting to the Hulk in the 70s. He deserves all the props, man. He was great. Yeah, and we also get a character that turns out to be Spider-Man's teacher, Peter Parker's teacher later yes. on, as he, as he goes in his career, which I, I also loved as well. That was hysterical too, yeah, because I, I caught that and I went, wait a minute, I know that guy. Oh, yeah. They've acknowledged that that's the same character. They like, have, yeah. Continuing. Um, and I also like Ed Norton's, so I, I guess we can focus on that. Ed Norton's Bruce Banner in this movie. I like, I do enjoy him a lot as Bruce Banner because of what, you know what it is? It's because of the tone that they said that they were setting out to be. He does remind me of a Bill Bixby type Bruce Banner he, on screen. He, he does. I, this, I, this is weird for me, right? Because I think he does a really good job in this movie, mm-hmm. but I still think he was miscast as Bruce Banner. Okay. Um, because I mean, of course, he's gonna do a good job. He's Ed Norton, like he's great. Ed, Ed Norton's an awesome actor. Ed Norton is, I think, one of the finest actors of his time. Like he, like if you watch his body of work, and I know he's a difficult person to work with, and maybe not the nicest of guys, but it's kind of like Christian Bale. I don't ever want to meet the guy. If I ever saw him in real life, I'd cower and hide. He'd frighten <laughs> me. But, but like you know, you can't deny the, the, his brilliance. Um, but I just I don't know. He felt too young for the role for me, or too wide. There was. Okay. To maybe a bit too wiry, like I don't know. There's just something I I, I always picture, or maybe just too jacked. Or I I always pick Bruce Banner has always been like like Mark Ruffalo, like Bill Bixby to me. Like you know he, he's the buttoned up guy, and and maybe you know they were doing like that guy on the run. So you know, and, and maybe it's just my expectations of Bruce Banner. But I, there's something about it. I, I really enjoyed the performance he gives in a lot of this. Mm-hmm. But I still couldn't help but feeling he was miscast in the role. Okay, I don't know. I, I I enjoy him in this. My whole thing with Ed Norton is I like him in this movie a lot. I still wonder. I, I don't think the whole character would have evolved in the way that we see him now. No, at and, all. At and to all. be honest, I don't know if I. I think I'm okay with that. Like I'd, I, I wouldn't mind having a more serious Hulk in the MCU. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. um, I just I just don't know if Ed Norton would be the person I'd want playing him. That's well, maybe in another multiverse, there's a 
there's a universe where he went ahead and worked things out with Kevin yeah. Feige and stuck around. And there's an there's an Avengers movie with Ed Norton. And I would, there could I would be a She-Hulk that. attorney at law with Ed Norton. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, but that's the thing is, you know, Ed Norton isn't doing any of that shit. So Ed, Ed Norton would never do an Avengers movie because he doesn't he would never get the screen time that like Tony Stark would get or Captain America. And it's like, yes, you have the acting shot. You're, you're on par with those actors, but your character's not that screen time. But you know that because he, he is notoriously like vain about that. Like yeah. he wants things a certain way. He wants to be the center of attention. And so I don't, I don't think he, if even without the distribution rights, I think we might've gotten another really, I think we might've gotten a really great Hulk movie with him. In maybe phase two, but I I think he leaves once they start doing Avengers stuff. I don't think he'll he comes for it. Okay, um, let me drop in a quick comment here from Alex. Alex, what's up, man? Thanks for joining us. Oh, uh, see you. Yeah, little, little earlier today we got got some stuff going on. Um, and here, uh, She Hulk show is a Hulk smash for me. I love the ball <laughs> breaks and her poking at Steve's virginity is the funniest part about the show. I uh, can't wait for Wong and Darren Devil to show up. Yeah, there's supposed to be a lot of cameos uh, over, over the course it. of these episodes. So I'm always look, I'm always up for Wong cameo. I hope he's yeah. doing karaoke. And oh yeah, that would be fantastic if they referenced <laughs> him singing again. Uh, yeah, I can't wait to see Darren Devil again. Uh, and I hope someone at D23 asks Kevin Feige how did Steve lose his journey <laughs> to. I mean, we kind of got the answer. We don't know which USO person. It was, but, but you know. And Al, I know you're just joining us. You missed it, but I did pause it before that I do believe Steve Rogers lost his virginity before the Super Soldier Serum. Because <laughs> regular people can have sex too. You don't have to be a superhero to lose your virginity. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I also think that there's a, another person that... Well, actually, before we, we do that, so the way that... Let's talk about the Hulk in this movie himself. Okay. I do love the way he's shot in this film, and it works for me because maybe it's not the best CGI in the world. But, but, but you can't beat that up. This is this is no, decades old at this point. Two thousand eight. So yeah, um, yeah, he looks great, and I love the fact that they shoot him in the shadows, and he looks menacing like a monster. Yeah, and that's how he's portrayed, and he's lurking in the shadows a lot. And I do love the transformation when it does. He, there's a lot of the green eyes, and it, yes. it's very much like the TV show. Yeah. Which I did love, and also by the quickly in the origin story, the whole like green target thing that goes over his head and stuff is directly out of the opening right. of the show. So I just love the fact that that's peppered in. But the Hulk himself is fucking intimidating in this movie. He is. I I, I agree with you. I love the way he's shot. Um, I I don't like his hair. It's going to be a stupid. <laughs> I think his hair makes him look boyish. Okay. And that, that throws it up. So I'm not crazy about that particular look. But I think I think it, it looks good. I think the way they shoot him looks good, uh, as you said. And and he, I really like that scene with him and Betty when, when he saves the Betty in the, yeah, in the cave. Like, that's a cool scene. And you see that's the Hulk fully there. He's not in the shadows. And look, you got to hand wave the CGI because, look, we at this point are watching stuff where I just said that this woman looks like they just put her in a costume, and I don't think I'm exaggerating there. No. CGI's gotten so much better. You can't beat something up for not having the technology. Um, so, yeah, I think the Hulk looks good, I just, but I don't like the hair choice, and that really, really did bother me because it just makes him look like a weird 
boy man in instead of this intimidating hulk and it's really only when you see him head on and but um yeah small thing for me but i i do think otherwise uh what they do with him is good and i i like that they use him sparingly in the beginning and then you get a lot of him at the end like i like that it's not like we did get some bruce banner stuff you know and i think that's why i like that first half of that movie because it's almost all bruce banner yeah and i i love the fact when he fights wonski at um at the college campus that he kind of has these two shields and stuff and he's using them and he has the wherewithal to do that. And also when he fights abomination at the end in Harlem, he takes a cop car, smashes a bowl of things. I was beating the shit out of him with it. Yeah. Um, That's the thing. The Hulk in this, the characterization of the Hulk in this, which I, again, I really like, he's not stupid. No, he's not. Everyone always makes the mistake of saying the Hulk is stupid. The Hulk is childlike. Mm Mm-hmm. Right, he's as stupid as as you'd call it a child stupid, which is not stupid at all. He just yeah. he, he's working almost on instinct, right? And again, this it's not really explored in this movie, but it is in the comic book that that's part of like trauma, right? Like you, when he when he the very intelligent Bruce Banner gets put in danger, this darker childlike rage comes out of him to protect him. That's literally psychologically what happens, and I love that. He is that is what the Hulk does in this movie. The Hulk only comes out when Bruce Banner is in danger, and yeah. the Hulk only fucks with people who have either a put Bruce Banner in danger or b tried to fuck with him. The Hulk's not fucking with people who are just running away. No, and and I think that's that's a really cool choice because you could they could have gone the whole rage and he'll destroy everything and, and he's you know a monster, but. He's not a monster. He's the manifestation of traumatic rage. And and the way that they use him in this, I would say, up oh, well, even, even though I have issues with the fight at the end, I think they're still using him for that. Like, he only goes after Abomination because Bruce Banner goes, I'm going to jump out this plane and see what happens. And he wakes up and Abomination is there. So I just, again, I think the characterization this uh, is really good. And I wish they would have explored it more. I wish they would have made that connection a bit more. Well, Abomination, when he lands, though, and, and turns, Abomination is destroying the city and stuff. Yes. So he feels a need to essentially protect because right. at that point in the film, he is mentioning how he wants to aim it. He wants Ooh. to, you know, focus it on doing good. And I think that's why at the end of the movie, when we get that last shot of him meditating and breathing and his eyes turn green and he's kind of got a smirk on his face, <laughs> is because he is progressing to where we see him in Avengers, yeah. where he mentions to, you know, to, to Captain America that you know he's always angry and that he's learned to kind of harness it to an extent and obviously in the avengers things keep happening where he can't control it because you can only get pushed so far right before you, you know you can't so i um i also like we get the hulk smash line which he had mentions we get the thunderclap thing which is great um and we, i i enjoy the fight at the end with him in abomination that whole throwdown that they get and it's across the city and stuff. And he's about to kill Abomination that before was cool. Betty talks him down again. That was, I did like that part. My, my only thing about the end, and, and, and again, remember, you're talking to a guy whose favorite resolution of any MCU conflict was Dormammu have come to bargain. Doctor Strange <laughs> being an annoying little bitch who just puts people on. Like, I, so, like, the... This is literally just two CGI monsters fighting, and that's just not my thing. 
So I'm not saying it was bad. I'm just saying it wasn't, it just wasn't for me. Like I, um, and I also, I didn't, I don't particularly like the look of Abomination. I like the more comics accurate Abomination. Yes. And God damn it. My, my, my Hulk action figures, I brought them out, but I was in a rush. They're right there, but I'm not going to leave the show. (laughs) Um, But, uh, but yeah, so I think that, I think that was part of it too, is I'm not crazy about the look of Abomination it's just good-looking CGI banging into each other, but it's good-looking, but it's still CGI, and then, so it, it just it just wasn't for me. But I do like that moment where he's about to gank Abomination, and she's like, "No, no, no, don't do that." Yeah. Um, and I guess we can well we can talk about Betty Ross as well because she is a character who is forgotten in the MCU. Oh, completely. After this movie, now I I it's that's always been something that's kind of irked me. Because you also got Liv Tyler to play Betty Ross in it, so right. it's not like you were sparing, weren't sparing any expense with this. Um, and I like her. Her, you know, she doesn't get a lot to do in this film, but there's a lot of talking Bruce down, and we get to see that for the first time before Nat eventually, you know, she does that eventually in, right. in Age of Ultron. Uh, you know, sun's going down, sun's going down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I like her for what she she has to do in this film, and um, there's also that scene where. You know, they're about to get intimate and stuff, and his heart's racing and everything like that. And he has to kind of like cut it short because he's going to fucking turn into the Hulk. Thank, thank you for bringing that up because I, I had a real problem with that. And here, here's why. As I thought the canon was you can't get angry, not you can't have your heart. Like, so the Hulk can never have sex or he turns into the Hulk. Can he masturbate? Can he watch pornography? Can he go on a roller coaster? Like, like, no, and these are serious questions because what you're telling me is that just physical sexual contact will make your heart race because it does make your heart race, but not because you're afraid, yeah, or not because you're angry. I mean, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not judging anyone's <laughs> kid, but, um, but like that, that, my whole thing is like it just introduces something to this particular version of the Hulk that's not there in the comic and doesn't make a whole hell of a lot of sense when you break it down in reality because then literally he can't do anything that raises his heartbeat anything i think he so well i think that's also why they have a lot of the meditation and stuff like that because he has to try to like focus and control certain aspects of it i think it's mainly about his control right and perhaps at this point in the the character's evolution maybe he's not able to do that because it is referenced also in age of ultron where that scene where him and Nat are mm. are talking after the shower thing, and he also mentions that they can't really go there. But I don't know. I kind of got the impression that him and Nat were, were doing something. I I thought so too. And and I'll I'll tell you, I don't I don't remember that from Age of Ultron. But I'm gonna give Age of Ultron. Let, let's put a pin in it when we get there. I'm gonna ding it right now for that because it it no matter how you spin it, the character's not not allowed to get angry. If it, what you said makes sense, but that's nowhere in this movie. They need to have, they need, look, these guys know the Hulk. Ed Gordon knows the Hulk. It's his favorite character. He wanted to do this specifically. Someone needed to say, hey, if we don't want them having sex, because this is a purified Disney, or, no, it wasn't Disney then. I can't even make that joke. No, it wasn't. If we don't, we don't want them having sex for whatever reason. So we're going to say that sex triggers them. Then you need to explain that. Like, even like you did, just a sentence, but they didn't. And I'm, and then I'm left with all these thoughts, like what? So the Hulk, because again, like there are many things you do that excite you and during in your day no. that don't make you angry or scare you. So where, where's the line? What can can he do? And it just opens up this whole can of worms. And I'm like, 
I I don't even see why that was in there because it adds nothing to it. They might as well have just had sex. Yeah, and it's funny. Tim is dropping in some funny comments here. Is that because uh, this old <laughs> killed Betty? Well, probably not a good idea for him to transform into the actual Wait. Hulk and then have sex. Tim, are you positing that when Bruce Banner becomes Bruce Banner, he still has Hulk cock? Yeah, that that even raises so many more questions. Than yeah, that, I, that. I want to because because now I I, I want a whole I want a whole Hulk movie just exploring how he gets to keep his Hulk penis. <laughs> And uh, it's not getting angry. It's hurting babies with the Hulk. <laughs> I think it's to basically him trying not to change into the Hulk is what they were trying to get at with this. Um, but I don't know. I, I think it's an interesting thing that obviously him and Betty had, you know, they had sex prior to yeah. his gamma radiation. So that's, yeah. that's a given. And, and um, I think, honestly, I think it would have been smarter if, if he went, I still have feelings for you. I can't do this. This isn't, you know, I'm still the Hulk. Yeah. Like, if they didn't have to have sex, he could have, there could have been another reason they didn't do it. It's just, and I, everything you're saying makes sense, but it's, again, it, it's just not explained adequately enough for me yeah. knowing this character like I do and opens up other things. I'm not, I, I'm not, like, I'm not going to keep harping on the sex life of, <laughs> of, the, of, of, you know, although I hear that Thor gets around. <laughs> but yeah, so I don't know. The, the, Betty Ross thing, I think, uh, the more I thought about it, I think it's kind of like he decides to stay away from her because he's going to endanger her. And right, then he does move on with, yeah, he moves on with Nat, even though that thing is acknowledged briefly, but not something that's sticking yeah. here. And now he's just kind of yeah. like, I'm on my own fucking thing right now. I wouldn't mind seeing them go back to Betty eventually at some point, but at yeah. least currently. Not so much. She's on Sakaar. He's dealing with the Thanos situation. Right. He's been doing a lot of shit. So I don't think he's also had time to what Jen Walters mentions that Cap was I was on doing a lot of shit. So didn't really right. have time to settle down and do these things. So. so look, the reality is then, if anyone on the Avengers is a virgin, it's the Hulk. The actual Hulk, yes. The actual Hulk, and it's only not Bruce Banner because we know he had sex before he became the Hulk, but post Hulk. Bruce Banner is a virgin. He's yeah, been wait. he hasn't had sex in so long. He he's re-virginized. <laughs> <laughs> oh, if you don't use it, you lose it then. <laughs> that's right. Um, unless on Sakar, because he does have a son, yeah. if that's the case. I mean, but is that real? Do we like is that is that canon or is that theory? No, whole can well, in, not in AMCU so far, but okay. in the comics, no, he does have a son. Okay, no, no, but but it, it hasn't been it hasn't been canonized yet, so. Uh, I, but you know what, though, I'm going to agree. I think he this Hulk definitely smashed on Sakar because wow. th there were things that could take that Hulk penis on Sakar. Does he yell Hulk smash when when this is happening? <laughs> well, he's about to... Hulk about to smash. Uh, Tim, Tim agrees with us apparently that Hulk <laughs> smash on Sakar. Uh, all right, so then I guess we get into the let's talk about the abomination here, uh, em yeah. Emil Blonsky, who is back in She-Hulk Attorney at Law. So I'm gonna I'm gonna say that I'm really excited to see him back, but he is probably my biggest problem with this movie. Okay. All right, um, go explain. I know I'm assuming you also like Tim Roth as well. Well, I love Tim in general. Roth. Yeah, I love Tim Roth. I think Tim Roth's a fine actor. Um, I th again, I think he's great in this with what he gets to do. I it's actually not Tim Roth I have a problem with. It's the writing of it. Like, <clears throat> so second MCU movie, right? Put into context when I first saw it, 
first MCU movie, the villain, he has a, he has a reason to hate Tony, right? It, it's not a reason I would have or I agree with, but I get, he has motive. Tony has motive. Everyone in that movie has motive outside of Iron Man shit, right? And it's the motives outside of Iron Man shit that 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 really make that movie feel real. And this movie doesn't have motives motives outside of Hulk shit. Like Blonsky is a hired gun to go go get the Hulk, and then he sees the Hulk, and he wants to be more powerful. He gets more powerful. He wants to kill the Hulk, and his whole thing is Hulk, 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 Hulk. And I, you know, then then he becomes the abomination, and I think the way he becomes the abomination is stupid. I think that like the whole the leader stuff, I don't think works. That's why I th- like this the, the the stuff at the end of this movie, I think it falls apart. Like he. Blonsky, as I remember in the comic, like didn't sign up to be an abomination. Like he was, they tested on him and he was lied to by the Russian government and he became that. And I think the better move was not him going to the leader's house and go, give me the serum that you created from Hulk blood guy who just got in the movie. And we've been talking about this whole time. I'm giving informed consent. And then he gets it and he goes, now I'm going to destroy everything to get the Hulk. That does like, that doesn't track with that character to me. Like when he goes on that rampage to kill everyone, like that that guy wasn't a homicidal maniac. That guy was very tunnel focused. I think the better move was that would be General Thunderbolt Ross gives him that and doesn't get the informed consent. And that's what sets him off on the rampage. But what we got here is a guy with no motivation outside of Hulk kill, kill, Hulk, kill, Hulk, kill, Hulk, get power, getting power and killing Hulk in a way that I it just doesn't, it seems messy yeah. at the end. It seems like they're just trying to get these strings together. And, and so that, that's my biggest problem with the abomination. I can agree with uh, part of that, but the way that I had took it, taken Blonsky's motivation is, yeah, he is, they drive home that he's, you know, hired gun. He's, you know, it's very much a machismo thing that's there. If you want to like a better term, just like tough guy has to prove that he, number one, he gets like beaten. He gets kicked. And basically almost killed by the fucking Hulk, which, which the way, I thought was great and funny at the same time because it is what would happen if the fucking Hulk decides to actually hit somebody. Badass scene because he is talking so much shit. And remember I said, the Hulk doesn't bother you unless you're bothering him. Yes. And he's just in the Hulk's face and the Hulk's like not having any of it. And he kicks him. And you that was a brutal. When you see him hit that tree, yeah, he's brutal. I yeah. love that scene. And he pretty much, they do say he breaks almost every bone in his body and he pretty much shattered everything. Yeah. But because of the little pieces of super soldier serum that were put into him, that's the only reason he's still alive. And they keep upping the dose. And I think the way Blonsky talks about how, with his knowledge now, if he can put that into a younger version of himself, he would be a super badass and not a guy you would want to fuck with. And I think he it's an inferiority complex that he has with the Hulk. And that's kind of what I think drives him. And he starts getting addicted to this power that he keeps getting and wants more and more until then he sees the door opening at the end where he can actually get what Banner has finally. Instead of the shit that that Ross is giving him, he's like, now I can get the real shit. So I almost think it's like a drug that's driving him to want to, like, you know, pretty much show superiority to the Hulk. That's the way I took Blonsky's thing, and separate from the comics, his motivation there. Yeah, yeah, but in yeah. this, I think it's more of a power-hungry, like a drug that he's gotten. And we've heard other comics mention that having that much power 
can be like a, an addictive drug. And that's how I took Wonsky's drive or his motivation in this film. And as far as him doing what he was doing at the end, yeah, he was making a mess to draw the Hulk out because he wants to, now that he has this power, he wants to, you know, in, enforce it and, sh and throw it onto the Hulk and prove that he is the superior being that's here. So I don't know. That, that's how I took it. So yeah, it, it tracked sense. a little bit better for me, at least. That makes sense. But I don't know. That makes sense. But but again, like I, I'm also someone who's coming to this movie saying I want a lot more characters. So I think we're also looking to get different things out of this movie. Yeah, and exactly. that's I think that's fine. There's nothing wrong oh, with that. Like absolutely. Um, um Tim has an opinion yep. on two, is uh, also fake Captain America serial messed with his head, too, which is what draws back to in the first Avenger, which came out after this, where we find out that apparently the serum does draw out more of who you are. Not right. that, yeah, because he does have doses of the small doses of right. the super soldier serum. So maybe yeah, and, and that's what it is. Now that I'm thinking about it, they do go out of their way to have those moments where he breaks protocol because he will, he thinks that he's going to be the, the the alpha dog, and that, that's actually why he gets kicked. So, yeah, all right, yeah. that makes sense to me. Um, I, it still doesn't work 100% for me, but I, I completely agree with you, and I think that that does fix some of the motivation problems. Yeah. Um, and, you know, William Hurt is Thunderbolt Ross, which is where that's we meet him. He's great. I do love his kind of like somewhat over-the-topness, but doesn't go fully over-the-top. He, he, he dances the line right here with he does. not going too far, because like Sam Elliott in, in the Hulk movie, so I know Tim is going to want to strangle me now from i'm not dissing sam elliott but his was super over the top this i thought was the right amount of over the top you know i can see that and and i think the bet i think some of the best stuff in this movie is the scenes between thunderbolt ross and uh emil blonsky like that conversation that you referenced before where like they're playing chess because blonsky wants the power but Ross wants him to accept the power because Ross kind of knows more about it. Mm -hmm. And so they're both like doing this like verbal chess to manipulate each other into pretty much the same end. And that, that line when he says like, um, you know, if I go back, take what I know now and go back in a younger body, I'd be something. And when Ross goes, Oh, I can give that to you. Like th their stuff together is electric. Yeah, you knew this was coming. <laughs> Yes, Tim, I knew that. I knew what I was walking into. I'm not dissing Sam Elliott, but I'm just saying is that Sam sometimes, Elliott was a bit over the time. Sometimes the Hulk abides, my friend, Tim. The Hulk abides. Sometimes it's good that there's a man out there like the Hulk. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be getting the Sam Elliott's Thunderbolt Ross soon enough. Uh, uh, yeah, because, we look, we have to do Hulk. And I, I'm going to say this now. I've only seen it once. It was I was 20-something, so we're talking decades ago. It was when it first came out on DVD. Oh boy. I'm afraid, and I hated it, by the way. Mm -hmm. I'm afraid I'm going to watch it and like it. You're going to be that's more my, forgiving. That's my fear because, it, because again, like I, 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 my, 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 Hulk, my thing with the Hulk. I didn't give a shit about the Hulk until the MCU because <clears throat> I didn't get it. I didn't get it. He's a rage monster, right? Yeah. I didn't get the allegory. I didn't know about the trauma. I didn't didn't really have an appreciation for it. But since since the MCU and I've gotten to know this character more and I've done a bit more research and I kind of like the psychological aspect of it. And I know that the Ang Lee movie leans into that. Uh, and I'm thinking like the, I, I might, Tim might, Tim might shiv me. That's a shivable offense. If I like that movie, Tim will shiv me and, and rightfully so. But I, but that's my fear to uh, Ed. but we have to do it now. We have to do it. I think we, that, that'll be next week's movie. Let's okay. just not, not uh, 
dance around it anymore. Let's just go ahead and, and get right to it. Um, all right. So, is there anything else? So, I'm, all right. So, while we wrap this up, what is your overall thought? Your overall thoughts on this one was you, you did say you wanted to share your yeah. new aspect of this. So, I want to, I just want to, I will share that. I just want to uh, touch on one more thing we didn't touch, which was the, the introduction of Mr. Blue, which becomes the leader. So that is a thread that pisses me off in the MCU yes. overall. Might be one of my biggest problems. Thank you for bringing that up. It was, it was just on the verge of, of, of my mind. Yeah, yeah. No, no. I, I, we I, need I, that. I hate that too. Yeah. We need that. Yes. And that and that leads me to the, the, the Hulk movie I was telling you that I wanted to make, right? Or that I, I wish they could make. This is the plot. The leader decides... He's going to because whatever I don't whatever motivational leader has he's going to take on Bruce Banner but he's going to devise some uh, a trap or he's going to devise like not a trap but a battle that would require Bruce Banner's strength uh, Bruce Banner's intelligence and the Hulk strength at once and so then the Hulk, Bruce Banner and the Hulk losing because in this movie they hate each other like up until Smart Hulk. They hate each other, the Hulk yes. and Bruce Banner. And so a movie where these two conflicting sides had to fuse, had to become smart Hulk, had to both accept each other in order to overcome this foe who has superior intellect, like smarter than Bruce Banner, and maybe throw the abomination in there, strong, you know, and as strong as the Hulk. Mm-hmm. And so he has to be fuse his two personalities. And I think that's a Hulk movie I think anyone get behind because you've got the psychological stuff, You've got and, and you 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 then subvert the Superman problem, right? What well Superman's so powerful, what the hell can he do? Well, the Hulk does have a weakness. He's a childlike intelligence. Banner has a weakness, he's just a man strength. And so we know Smart Hulk is coming. So and again, the MCU couldn't do it, but like I wish we would have gotten something like that and paid off with this leader, because I think the leader is an excellent like Hulk villain. Mm-hmm. Uh to bring to the MCU, so you have more than just CGI hitting each other, you know. Yeah. Um, but yes, yeah, so that that was my thought. No, I agree, and, and I'm glad I wanted to touch on that before we, we wrap it up. Is that yeah, the leader, the leader loose thread is something that has to be addressed. Yeah. So leader and Betty Ross, two loose threads from this film that need to be addressed at some point in the MCU. And if they get those rights back, then find a way to bring them back. Right. And agreed. Yeah, I think that would be that'd be pretty awesome if we could do that. Um, so, all right, whatever. I enjoy I enjoy this film still. I like this film. It gave me still what I wanted from it uh, since day one. I'm not saying it's a top-tier MCU film by any stretch, but overall, I still enjoy the film. So what was your look, now that you've rewatched it, what do you think? So now that I've rewatched it, and it's the third time I've seen it, and I'm, I'm rewatching it now actually caring about this character... Um, I think they, they. I like this movie a lot. Uh, I think the first half of this movie really works well for me. Him in Brazil, him on the run. Him. I love the idea of him trying to keep his rage down. We didn't really talk about when like he's being pursued by Thunderbolts Ross guys and the the like Brazilian gangsters that he ran afoul yes. of, and he's literally pleading for their lives because he knows what's coming. Like, all that stuff works. Me the Hulk. The first time we see the Hulk, I love it. Um, it's just the, again, the end of the movie is where it falls apart for me, but you know, whatever. I really, again, I, I, I try to focus on the more positive stuff here and I liked a lot of the stuff in this, uh, the beginning. And I, again, I think my, my biggest takeaway is 
I'm sad that we're, we're never going to get the Hulk that the MCU deserves. And it's not shitting on the Hulk we get because I, you know, I like Mark Ruffalo a lot and I don't mind comedic Hulk, but seeing this and the comedic Hulk was not what they were setting up. And it's obviously they went there because, well, I got to do something with the Hulk and they can't make their own movies. Yeah. And that just kind of, and it just kind of makes me sad. So, uh, I guess my new pers- my new thing is I got a new perspective of this character and what could have been in the MCU, and uh, I, so I both enjoyed this a lot and it kind of made me sad to see. On Simpsons, the hottest chick ever working in a pop factory. I don't know. You've never been to Akron, Ohio, my friend. They have lots of. There's a Hooters uh, bottle factory. They only hire attractive, big-breasted women. Tim, it's Brazil. <laughs> Um, yeah, and then one quick other thing, too. Oh, try to go. Uh, I agree, Tim agrees. Uh, Universal is the reason Betty and the leader have been shown. I also do yeah. think that just because the MCA, it's hard to get both of those involved and have a proper Hulk leader face off when you don't have your own film, so you can't really just have that as right. a subplot in a movie. Uh, I'm sure I'm done with Smart Hulk, I want enormous green rage monster back. I, I to talk about your movie, if it was kind of like it starts off with Smart Hulk and then Leader kind of like wants, he sees what Banner's become and wants that because he gets to keep cool. his own intelligence and gets the power he's so obsessed with, but then somehow it ends up breaking them apart again. There's, That's there, cool there, too. There I'm there's, there for there's, that. There's, there's movie. I'm there for that because I'm with you, Tim. I, I Smart Hulk is one of those things that sometimes unanswered prayers are the best, right? Because I wanted smart Hulk, Hulk so badly. And now that I got him, I'm, I'm with you, Tim. I'm kind of sick of him. Like I, I miss, I miss the rage monster. Cause it was when it was Hulk versus Bruce Banner internally. And there's this whole, yeah, like, you watch even Thor three, right? This yanking of oh, I'm the Hulk. I, I'm Bruce Banner. I'm in control. Like yeah. I miss that now that we don't have that. Now that he's always just cool, smart Hulk. Like I don't neuters the character. I think. I think we're getting back. I think we're going to get regular Hulk back again, but just my, just so. my feeling. And I, they might be just stalling a little bit until they're able to properly do a film on its own. Do you do you think that like what's the sitch? Do you know how they get their rights back? Does it expire at some point? Does like, I, what? I, I'm going to be honest. I don't fully know about how they get it back. Uh, you know, because again, it's just they would be losing a boatload of money. If they were able to, you know, if they made the movie and let Universal produce it. So. Right. I know. All right. So I know we had mentioned about, you know, that we have certain feelings regarding, you know, you just mentioned that you were were sick. So. There's this. Because there's no other way. Well, this is a little. Thank you for joining us this week, as always. We appreciate your support and hope you enjoyed what you got to hear this afternoon. So, uh, regarding our Hulk stuff, but yes, it is our time to go. We'll be hitchhiking our way down the, down the rest of life until next week. So, we we appreciate your support as, as always. Uh, Tim, thanks for joining us this afternoon, even though you're at work, and we'll just go get... Just restart this up again because you can never get enough lonely, man. Um, if you like what you heard, come back next week. Uh, we will be talking about Ang Lee's Hulk movie because it is that time. 
that we're going to have to just face the music and get that done. So uh, we'll be talking about episode two of She-Hulk Attorney at Law and episode seven of Harley Quinn. So uh, season three, episode seven. Uh, if you're joining us on Facebook, you can go ahead and join the uh, Granny's PhD Facebook group and join the daily conversation of all the fun stuff that goes on there. Uh, if you're joining us on YouTube, hit subscribe on Pop Culture Pros. If you're joining us on Twitter, follow at Pop Culture Pros. Uh, if you're joining us on a podcast version, audio only, hit subscribe and join Pop Culture Pros. Um, if you like James Bond, and that's your jam too, you can join. See, well, Jason, what do you got coming up next week on Double O Deep Dive? Ooh, we're, we're, we're deep in the Sean Connery run. We're going Thunderball. Uh, we finished Goldfinger. And, and if uh, anyone just wants to watch Ginny and I go to town with all the Goldfinger love, go listen to that episode. It's on the, it's on the website. Uh, but, yeah, Monday we got, we got Thunderball coming up. Nice. So in the in Connery run there and uh, really in the thick of it now. We, we are in the thick of it. We, we're almost done. Like we got, like, after this, we got three movies left. Uh, and then we're going to do some ancillary stuff, and then we're going to be on season two. And anyone who's interested in listening to James Bond um, books, I'm going to give a whole uh, shout-out to Audible. Um, I downloaded Our Majesty's Secret Service because I listened to them for the show, and it is no none other than David Tennant himself reads that novel and i don't know about you guys but just listening to doctor who read me to sleep is one of the best things that has happened to me so you guys should go go all go listen to honor majesty secret service or killgrave depending on how you look at david or, or yeah or killgrave you <laughs> might know him from the mcu I'm a, I'm a doctor guy but yes he's killgrave uh he's actually you know what he was in good omens which is a neil gaiman thing we've covered sandman yeah uh, so yeah he's been a lot See, and we didn't even talk about the, the Joker reference. Damn it. How did I miss that? Yes. By the way, there's also, earlier today, it dropped. The uh, Netflix dropped two bonus episodes, or a bonus episode of The Sandman on Netflix. So Had they dropped that last night, I would have watched it so we could cover it. But there was no way I could have gotten to it today. <laughs> Once again, sad. But maybe we'll talk, maybe we'll talk about it next week. Right, I'm going to hitchhike to the next show. <laughs> uh, yeah, if you're into uh, anything else on Pop Culture Pros, go ahead and join us. There's a bunch of great shows on there. We got a Yankees show, we got a Mets show, we got football shows coming up, we got everything else. So check them out. Uh, all right, until next week. Oh, ready yet? Peace. Hulk smash. <laughs> <laughs>